The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks again for joining us as we take a couple minutes out of our day in God's Word. We're glad you're with us. And on this will be Tuesday, uh, as we evaluate, it's Tuesday afternoon. It's actually being recorded today, which for some of the East Coast, Tuesday evening. Uh, But we appreciate the time as we post this and share some thoughts from God's Word today. If you've been following along with us, we are in Matthew chapter 26. We're going to finish up Matthew chapter 26 today, and then tomorrow we'll jump into Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. Follow along with me. Uh, I'm reading in verse 69. The Bible says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. Then when he went out onto the porch, another girl saw him and said to those who were with him, there, uh, This man was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a while, those who stood by came to Peter and said, Surely you also are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself, and he swore, I do not know the man. Then immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken before rooster crows, You will deny me three times. Then he went out and wept bitterly. Now this is uh, what we consider a very familiar passage. Um, as we look at this, uh, most of us are very familiar with the background of what's going on, but let's just take a minute and walk through what's happening here, because there is some connection to other passages that are unique that we will get to at a different time, but it's unique to see them now. The first thing you see is, remember, uh, there is the case, court case going on. You've got to watch that. Peter's there. He's watching. For, he'd followed from a distance. He's watching. Um, at one point, he's ready to give his life. Um, something changed. He goes from grabbing a sword and cutting off the ear of somebody to all of a sudden, now he's in trouble. Now he's standing from a distance. The only conclusion from my, I come to an opinion, is that when Jesus allowed the people to take him um, captive that Peter's like, this is not going to turn out the way I thought. So now Jesus, Peter's trying to figure out what's going on. So now he's become a little weaker. This is not a political revolutionary anymore. This is He's allowing this to happen. What's going on? And so Peter's following at a distance. And then he's watching what he knows from culture to be a sham of a court, a lie. They're not allowed to do pretty much anything they're doing. He knows that the testimonies are fake. And so he's watching from a distance. And as he's watching this heresy take place from the Jewish people. He's sitting there warming his hand, chilly night in Israel, and he's warming his hand by the fire. And as you know, it starts a young girl, says to him, I thought I knew you, and he denies, I did not know the man. Uh, Another girl saw him when he was at the porch. You were with him. He goes, I do not know him. And then other people said it, your your speech, your accent betrays you. And so what does he do? Well, he does what a normal fisherman would do, right? He he begins to curse. He begins to swear. Uh, He begins to sound like the world to convince them. Now, often when you read this, people ask the question, what was Peter afraid of? Well, the most logical answer most theologians are going to believe. The fear was that if he would have acknowledged that he was a disciple of Jesus, that they would have taken him to. This is why in the garden, all of the disciples ran away. They took Jesus. He didn't defend himself. 
he's not going to defend us. He's going to go to his death, probably the cross. Um, we're out of here, right? We're scared. They're running for his life. And so it, it, it makes logical sense for him to believe, for us to believe that Peter was just afraid. What's happening? I don't want to admit it because if I admit it, uh, I might be on the cross next to him. And at this point, in my opinion, most of the uh, disciples believed he was going to throw off Rome. He's not doing that. So there's a lot of questions as to what's going on right now. So in this scenario, he's like, I'm not sure, I'm nervous, all of those things. So he remains quiet. He wants to convince. He just says no. He says no twice now. He's cursing. He's, he's sounding like the world. Anything I can do, anything I can do to not do this for fear to get out. Now, let me tell you one of the things that I find intriguing in the connection. Uh, later on in this narrative, you find Jesus and Peter having a question. Um, he denied Jesus. He runs away. Jesus, he dies, he goes to the grave. Um, Jesus and Peter notices the grave is empty. Here's two things that are intriguing. I can't tell you off the top of my head which gospel, whether we'll see it in Matthew, we'll see it in another one, but I find it intriguing, two things that happen. Um, Jesus sees Mary at the, at the, at the uh, grave. Uh, she initially thinks he's a gardener, finds out it is Jesus. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter. I find it intriguing that he says, tell the people, but then he clarifies to Peter. Now, you can dig a lot in. There's not, you know, you can't guarantee. There's not a lot of, you can't go to Greek or Hebrew to find out exactly why. What I can tell you is, I believe that Peter, he made the, the most grandiose of promises. And at the same time, the greatest of betrayals at that spot. Jesus could see him. The Bible says that um, they saw each other at one point. He, uh, he saw Jesus' eyes. Jesus looked at him. Um, and, and actually, in this case, this, it just says Peter remembered the words. In other passages, Jesus looked at him. Now, I don't believe that Jesus looked at Peter and looked down and said, how dare you? I think there was a look of grace, of forgiveness, which probably drove Peter even more in frustration as he, as he runs away. So now he goes, I go a fishing. And you remember the story? He's fishing. They see Jesus on shore. Jesus on shore is cooking what they're fishing for. Peter swims back in. There's a lot that takes place in that account. We won't go into all of it, and we'll get to that later. The one unique thing that's in that account is that three times, three times Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Why three times? Well, it would match the denial of three times. There's in the other parts of that story we'll look at later that connect to other parts of what is happening with Peter. But what I see here is a simple principle of the grace of God. Grace knew, sorry, God knew the grace that Peter needed. God knew what Peter needed to be able to be re-emboldened to go back. What I see from all of this is Peter, he totally went exactly what Jesus said he was going to do, but totally against his words. He failed from the point of view of the outgoing black and white, everything's a certain way, Peter. He failed. Well, if he failed, I have to walk away because I can't do anything else for Jesus. And we know that Jesus brings him in and uses him immensely. And again, we'll talk about that later. I love the fact that in this situation, it just seems bleak. He failed. He ran away. It's pointless. And sometimes this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in this bleak moment of we failed. It's pointless. Let me encourage you. Don't find yourself there. If we fail, if we're willing to come back, confess our sin, get right with God and move forward, the future's bright. Peter says, or Paul later says, forgetting those things which are behind, looking forward to that which is before. That is what Paul said, who had a history that would have said he shouldn't have been able to do these things. We see the grace of God. We see the love and mercy of God. We see God's working in this. And may, it was a lot of times, can I tell you an intriguing thing? 
like David, like others, like, like many other people in Scripture, we see people who were used immensely of God. But if you look at the story, they've got a lot of failures. God uses broken people. I'm glad he does. I'm glad he does for me. I'm glad he does for the church, for the kingdom. God uses broken people, and that's what we are, because we're all broken. We acknowledge that we're usable, because God doesn't have to break us down. He just uses that broken vessel for his honor and his glory. I hope that's an encouragement. I hope that we remember the grace of God in this. Let me just give you one more thought. Um, We go down to verse 27. Uh, actually, we'll move into that tomorrow. Uh, we'll move into the next passage tomorrow. We do appreciate the privilege you've given to us to be able to spend time with you. Uh, and this week, we're going to do a couple of episodes this week. Next week, we won't have anything. If you're watching this, following us along as you're being posted, it's Israel these time we're being recorded. Christmas is Monday, so we're taking next week off. And then uh, hopefully, hopefully we have a couple. My week's different this week, so hopefully we'll have a few more this week, and then next week we'll take off. Jump back in, back in the new year. We do appreciate the time you've given us. Hope it's an encouragement and hope you'll join us again tomorrow.